Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. You're a stylist or therapist. You're an expert at your craft. So when a client sits in front of you in the salon chair, all it takes is a quick analysis of the hair or or skin and scan their appearance in order for you to figure out what is going to look best on them. It must be a good thing, right? To be quick and efficient. Well, in actual fact, it can do more harm than good. So did you know that 95% of stylists believe that they, they do a full and thorough consultation on every client, yet only 7% of guests feel like they've had a full consultation at least once in their lives. Clearly, the way that we're doing it right now isn't working, so it's time to shake it up. So that's why I've invited Richard Kavanagh to join me on this episode. Now, Richard is a well-known freelance session stylist and most recently the founder of Peak Digital. Today, Richard's going to share his game-changing advice on how to give every client a 10 out of 10 client journey experience, how to transform your salon's retail percentage, gotta love that one, and why assumption is the killer of great consultations. Now this is sure to change the way that you think about your salon's consultation once and for all. So let's dive in and chat with Richard. Richard, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast again. Nice to have you. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, for those that don't know who you are, why don't you start with, uh, well, who the heck are you anyway? Where do you live in the world? What do you do? And how did you get to be doing just that? Those are easy questions to answer because uh, my name's Richard Kavanagh. I live in Sydney, Australia. I'm actually a Kiwi by birth, but all the best Aussies are Kiwis. You'll soon discover. (laughs) Uh, I am a hairdresser. So I started hairdressing way back way way back actually i'm i'm going to turn 51 this year i started hairdressing when i was 15 in 1986 in a small salon in auckland in new zealand did my apprenticeship there uh kind of muddled my way through my apprenticeship over seven or eight years believe it or not i was a terrible teenager and uh finally finished my apprenticeship in a salon called paul's hairstylists in kaitaia uh which is a little basically a barbershop Um, I've worked in a bunch of salons over the years. I've worked in like uh, small boutique salons. I've worked in big award-winning salons. I've managed award-winning teams. Um, I've been a creative director on contract to large salon groups, but primarily for the last 20 plus years, I've been a freelance session stylist. And I think that's how most people within the industry know me as, as a session stylist, which means that I do hair for photo shoots, fashion shows, and celebrity whatever the hell they need, whenever they need it at all sorts of crazy hours of day and night. Um, And I've been really lucky, man, you know, like I feel like whenever I talk to anyone about my career and my history, I just feel so blessed and so privileged to have had the experiences that I've had through hairdressing. Because, you know, as a teenager, I was basically a high school dropout and I've been able to travel the world, make really great money, uh, work 
for all the brands and all the publications that I ever dreamed of. Like I've literally ticked every career goal, um, you know, all the Vogue's in the world, all the Harper's Bazaars, the Vanity Fairs, the big A-list celebrities, um, Prada, Versace, Calvin Klein, Ralph Lauren, uh, you know, the, the brands and the, the clients and the publications that I dreamed of as a young hairstylist, I've had the opportunity to work with. Um, and a few years ago, I was, uh, so two, well, three years ago, actually, I was in a room with a group of business people who were looking at a particular problem in the hair industry, which was retail sales. And I was invited as a hair industry rep, and they were all trying to figure out if we could use technology to solve this pro problem. And I had somewhat of a brain fart or an epiphany. Actually, I, I want to go back. I've had two epiphanies in my life, two times when I've known absolutely without a shadow of a doubt that this is something that must be done. The first time was when I knew I wanted to be a hairdresser. And that was when biochemistry, the science of hair color and the art of hair, the architectural art of hair combined in a beautiful explanation to me as a, as a 13 year old boy while I was having my hair cut and colored. And it was, I knew without a shadow of a doubt in every fiber of my being that I was gonna do hair. And there was nobody in my family, there was no hairdressing on my radar. It was just, I knew. And in this moment, uh, uh, three years ago, I had this epiphany moment where I knew without a shadow of a doubt that this was what I was going to do next as a solution. And so that's twice in my life, 30 plus years apart. <laughs> and so now my, my day is spent while I still do the odd freelance job like fashion week and, and the odd editorial, the odd celebrity client here and there, my primary role is as the CEO of a salon uh, technology company called Peak. And we make a, a smart salon software to create a multi-dimensional experience in the chair and beyond that helps salon professionals make more money. I love it. I love it. Uh, I can't wait to dig more into that specifically, but I kind of want to ask you a question because last time we spoke on the podcast, you said this really interesting uh, single sentence to me, which blew my mind. And, and you've said to me yet another one today. So I want to talk about these. The first one is that 90% of uh, stylists think that, that they do a great consultation. Yet when consumers were uh, asked the same question, 7% of our clients reckon that they got a consultation once. 7% of them got it once, not every time, once. <laughs> and this blows my mind. And then today you said to me 12% of, uh, of consumers are buying products from a salon throughout New Zealand, New Zealand and Australia. Yeah. And so those two things combined for me actually blow my mind. And I think, uh, what's going wrong? What are we doing wrong as an industry to have such little numbers? So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, those are remarkable statistics, right? 95% of hairdressers, and that's me included, because I'm a hairdresser, think that we do a full and thorough consultation for every client. And only 7% of people feel like they've had one once. So what's going on here? Let's address that first, because we'll come back to stat, that 12% of clients purchasing retail. Um, the, I don't think that either party is incorrect. I think that what, what is happening here, if we look at that massive disparity, is that there's a 
miscommunication or there is a difference of opinion or idea of what constitutes a consultation. So if I look at a statistic mm -hmm. like that, I don't immediately jump to, oh my God, all hairdressers are wrong or all clients are liars, you know, which is, is, is an easy conclusion that you could jump to, right? But what I jump to is I go, okay, well, if we all believe we're doing it, then we must be doing some kind of consultation. Same as last time, just a trim. How's your hair? What are you like? What are we doing? Is not a consultation. It's a question that might be a part of a consultation, but it's not a consultation. So then we ask our clients, what do you expect from a consultation? And so we, we've done a lot of research in this. And what they say is they want a hair analysis, a face shape and skin tone analysis, and a professional recommendation. So here's my thinking, right? Those are the three things that they say will make up a comprehensive consultation. What do most hairdressers do when the client sits in the chair? They sit them down, they start touching their hair and pushing it around and moving it around. What they're doing is their hands are transmitting a whole lot of knowledge into their brain, which is a hair analysis. Their hands are telling them what that client's hair is like, whether it's fragile, whether it's porous, whether it's thick, coarse, dense, curly, colored, what the scalp condition is, all of those things, growth patterns, et cetera. The hairdresser's hands tell them automatically and their brain just transmits it into a filter, which then determines what they will or won't recommend, can and can't do, what type of, you know, what strength of developer they'll choose for the color product, whether the client's saying, I want to go this color and the stylist can go, actually, no, that's not going to work. We need to go this way. All of the, all of the why comes from the hair analysis that the hairdresser does without even thinking about it. It's unconscious, subconscious, it's in our DNA because it determines the outcome of every single client's visit. What cutting techniques we'll use, what angles of elevation we'll choose, uh, what texturizing techniques, what tools we'll choose to use. Everything is determined by the hair analysis. So we are actually doing that hair analysis, but our clients don't know that. Yes. They right. don't hear it from us because we're so busy focused on the outcome and what we're going to do to achieve the outcome, the what, that we don't unpack the why. And in many respects, to be fair, we don't really have a language or a framework with which to educate our clients about what our hands automatically tell us because it's, it's so big. It's like years of training and knowledge, right? Like try to explain porosity to a client without spending 40 minutes trying to unpack the, you know, the, 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 you know, the structure of hair. So, so that's, that's the hair analysis. So I think we're doing it. We're just not telling them. So that's why I think we think we're doing it, but they are not feeling like they're getting it. The face shape analysis. Well, yeah, we, of course we do that. We know what's going to suit and what doesn't suit. We know whether, you know, uh, heavy bangs, a curved bang, curtain fringe, side sweep, pushed back, center part. We know that because we're pushing the hair around, we're seeing what looks best and we're calculating that in our attempt to figure out the what and the how to get to the what. 
right? So we're doing those things, but we're not often communicating it. Now, a small number of hairdressers are, I want to say that, like, that's why 7% of clients feel like they've had a consultation once because some hairdressers actually do do this. They do articulate the why and they do that really effectively. And I tell you what, those people are the busiest and the most beloved and the most successful financially of all of us because they unpack the why for their clients. Their clients feel seen, they feel heard, they feel understood. Now, the third part that the client says they want is a professional recommendation. This is the tricky part for us as hairdressers, right? Because most of us are empaths, most of us are people people, and most of us, to be honest, we, even though we can be a bit kind of cheeky and off the cuff and kind of, you know, throw a bit of shit, but we tend to be people pleasers as a rule. I mean, that's kind of a part of the nature of our business, right? We have to nurture right. and, and, and support people. So it can be hard for us in our nature to make the professional recommendation a little bit easier with the hair outcomes. Like, you know, actually we can't do that type of color because of X, Y, Z, or, you know, if you want that color, it's going to take A, B, and C to get there. Um, you know, I can't quite do that haircut because this bit of hair is not long enough, et cetera, et cetera. So we can make those kind of recommendations. But listen, I want to tell you something. A friend of mine went to a salon uh, like about three weeks ago and she actually, she gave me a little rap over the knuckles for this because she's a fashion editor. She works in the business. You know what I mean? She's got thick, coarse, curly hair. And she goes and has a blow dry and she doesn't like the frizz. She doesn't like the volume. She uses amazing product, high end salon, like super concentrated, uh, heavy moisture product to control her hair. She's into her hair and her appearance. She went to the salon for a blow dry and they recommended a moisture treatment at the basin to help her control the frizz and to soften her hair and make the blow dry better. And so she took them up on the offer and went and had it done. She said to me, why have you never told me about this? <laughs> Why at 35 years of age, am I just finding out about this for the very first time in my life? I want this every week. Yeah. So I was like, Oh yeah, that's one yeah. of my friends. And I don't, you know, I don't do her hair, but you know what I mean? I like, I, yeah. I just, we make assumptions that people know what they can have when they come to the salon, because we know what they can have. And unfortunately, when we do that, people miss out on some things that they, that could actually be really, really incredible for them. Like it's literally life-changing for her because her hair is a constant issue. Now, I liken that experience. I had, I suddenly had this thought when I, when, when she told me that I was like, imagine if I took my car to the mechanic and there was a type of additive that the mechanic could add to the oil when he changed the oil and changed the oil filter that would make my car 25% more economical, that it would save me 25 bucks a week on fuel. Imagine if I went to the mechanic and I don't know about this shit, but he just assumes that I do and that if I wanted it, I'd ask for it. Imagine if he did, never told me about that 
I'd be like, come on, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. What, how am <laughs> I meant to know me about hanging. cars? How am I meant to know about cars? I don't know. Just because I drive one doesn't mean I know anything about it, right? Just because I have hair doesn't mean I know anything about it. Just because I wash my hair in the shower doesn't mean I know anything about shampoos, conditioners, and treatments. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team, you love your team, but you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more, because everybody wins. The team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. Exactly, exactly. So that's so that's we the need to open our mouths. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I love that it comes down to the why. Uh, I think why is missing in a lot of places in our lives. I literally did a podcast on why uh, over the weekend. Amazing. Um, I think I think why <laughs> is missing from too many places. Well, there's a great resource, and I know that we're going to talk about resources later on, but um, this is a quite an old one. Simon Sinek is a great speaker, and he talks about the why in a very short TED Talk, a nine-minute TED Talk. Um, if anyone wants to look that up at some point, the Simon Sinek. Um, about, about the why? Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like he just yeah. draws this little bullseye circle, and you go, aha, uh-huh. <laughs> I got it. Uh, I will link that uh I will link that up in the show notes of this podcast. Yeah, cool. Okay, so uh, it's the communication that's missing from the consultation. Yeah. So that statistic, right? Like that statistic says 95% of us believe we do a consultation. 7% of our clients feel like they've ever had one once. I don't think it's because we're not doing it. And I don't think it's because they're not getting it. I just think it's an articulation or communication of the why I'm choosing to do this, why I'm recommending this. And what all they want is a hair analysis, a face shape analysis, and a professional recommendation. Those three things, that's it. And if you can do that as a salon professional, even just a little bit, you know, like I actually do a a little 10 minute training on um, the art of consultation, the art and science of consultation, which breaks down all the components of a comprehensive consultation. And it's quite a lot to unpack right? If you do it right and to try and learn it. But even if you just take one piece of each of those three things, hair analysis, face shape analysis, professional recommendation, you know, and face shape analysis could be as simple as um, your eyes are your best feature. Let's make sure that we make them pop. Your jaw is amazing. Let's make sure that that's the highlight of the haircut, right? Yeah. It could be that one tiny thing you know your hair is quite porous we need to use a moisture-based treatment to just help to close the cuticle and make it shinier and make it easier to comb and make the uh, color last longer i mean yeah it's it's that simple 
yeah, keeping it simple is probably key because otherwise it could be a long, laborious, uh, you know, which is actually beyond what the client wants or needs. Exactly. Yeah. 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 They don't need. Okay. They don't need a biology lesson. <clears throat> no. Exactly. Exactly. So why are only twelve percent of clients buying um, their home care needs from professional environments? What's the mm. gap here? What, what are we missing? Man. That's crazy, right? Like, so the average percentage of clients purchasing their at-home hair care and retail products in salon is 12%. 12%. Here's, here's, here's what makes this more alarming. Of the 88% of clients not purchasing their retail products from the salon, 85% of them would purchase something were it recommended. How yeah, that blows my that? mind. Yeah. So we're letting ourselves down massively look i mean re, people need to wash their hair people need to care for the cut and color that you've just provided for them people need to style their hair at home for for if if even if someone comes to visit the salon once every 6 weeks for 44 out of 45 days they have to do something with their own hair themselves <laughs> that's right, right. <laughs> So let's make it easy for them. Let's give them the tools, the, the advice, the products, and they want to buy it. They're your customers. They're there. They want to support you, particularly since the COVID pandemic. People are more invested in supporting small businesses and supporting local and giving, trying to keep the revenue in the community. And the reality is, you know, we used to have a real hang up about retail. Um, I believe as an industry, we... Uh, have had for many decades somewhat of a blind spot to it. And sometimes that comes down to how we how we think as hairdressers and how we run our analysis on our business. And I think that, you know, if I, I've asked hairdressers how many of your clients as a percentage purchase retail, and I've had them tell me 100%. I'm like, no. can we pull a report <laughs> from your CRM, please, from your salon software and have a look at what the actual percentage is. And it's it's amazing that people think that because they sell three or four bottles of shampoo a month, that it's flying off the shelf. No, I know, I, I know people, I spoke to someone on Saturday, two days ago. I said, what's your best performing retailer as a percentage of clients purchasing retail? She said, this week, 80% of this particular stylist clients purchased retail. On average, she's 72 to 73%. Actually, data-driven, a real number data-driven yeah across nice. the salon this particular salon across the salon they are in the high 40s as a percentage as a group yeah nice outrageous but that would that would be uh the exception to the rule it's absolutely the exception and the reason is because when anybody comes to work with them they spend three days training on a retail recommendation process of, of an entire client experience process and every single client that visits their salon has the same customer experience in terms of, not in terms of the hair, not in terms of the cut and color, not in terms of the creative process, but in terms of the client experience is consistent and, and repeatable. It's the same for everyone. And everyone's me measured and managed on their client experience.
they have to deliver yeah. all these key points of the client experience, including the retail rec recommendation. And that's why they have such high retail. And in fact, they make thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a week. I think they're eight to 10 grand a week in retail sales. Nice, nice. I think somewhere along the line, the industry uh, as a general rule, uh, would you agree, is fearful of being salespeople. Yeah. I don't know where this came along. I don't know how this came, came to be. Um, but I, I see it time and time again that actually the roadblock um, is the emotional state around sales, I think. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about the selling that you were just talking about and the process um, of the client experience, like it's actually quite simple. Do these things, say these words, uh, step by step. Once you create the process, this process can be quite simple and easy mm -hmm. to follow. It's our minds, the minds of the people that get in the way and for whatever reason make it complicated and say, well, I can't say that. My clients won't want to hear that. And we make all these excuses and so we don't follow the process. So I think we're missing out on something here and maybe it's the insight that, that our clients want it despite what we say, which is what you've iterated to us. And I, I, wanted to I, I just wanted to bounce something off you on that because Please. that's a really really great point that you've made it's the emotional response that we have it's our it's our fear can I try? I, I want to hear from the listeners as well. Like when people listen to this, can you please let me know whether I'm on the mark or whether I'm a million miles off the mark? Because I have this, I have this idea in my mind that it feels something like a pyramid scheme. And so, so if I can use an analogy, our clients come to us to have their hair done and they come to us for a professional recommendation. I think when it comes to recommending the retail product, and this is not what it is, but this is what it feels like in our hearts, which is what stops us. It's kind of like if I said to you, Larissa, come over on Friday night, we're going to have a nice little dinner. And you and your partner came over and there was a couple of other couples there. And I'd laid out some nice hors d'oeuvres or some nice little bits of salami and cheese and some artichoke hearts and poured a little drink and come in, some music's on, little incense burning. It's all nice. And hey, how are you doing? Hey, look, we're going to have a lovely dinner. Before we have dinner, I've got a business opportunity I want to present to you. <laughs> if you just get 24 people to do X, you know what I mean? And start trying to sell you on a, like a timeshare or a, or, a, or a pyramid scheme or a Tupperware thing, right? And I was about to come to your place on Friday until, <laughs> until you mentioned Tupperware. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I have this sense that like, in our somehow in our subconscious as hairdressers, it feels a little bit like that, like we're we're setting them up, we're hoodwinking them, we're kind of lulling them into this experience and then trying to sell them something, which is not what it is at all. But it feels, I think it feels akin to that experience. I love that, Richard, actually, because I suddenly can see where we go wrong. And where we go wrong is that the, the client in the chair has not actually come for dinner. Do we love them? Do we adore them? Do we have a relationship with them? Yes, but no, they're not here for dinner. Yes. <laughs> they're not yes. here for dinner. They're not actually our friends. They're our paying customers. This is a business transaction. They're here for a solution. Get out of dinner and stop being their best friend and do the professional work. 
Is this where we're at? Yes, 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 yes. I love that you put it like that because that's the point. They're not there for They're dinner. They're not here for dinner. <laughs> They're a customer. They're not our friend. Yeah. They're, not... They're here for the recommendation. Yeah. But you They're know, here the... for the analysis. But here's the thing, right? Because our relationships are so intimate with our clients and because our very survival depends on them liking us or not liking us. Because we can get away with a little bit of the hair not being quite right. If they really like us, they'll keep coming back. And if they don't like us, even if the hair is amazing, it's harder to keep a clientele. So we are reluctant to do anything that we feel might. I, I had this really interesting conversation the other day. Um, uh, it was a bit of a back and forth on social media, and I'm not normally one to do back and forth, but I just... I had this amazing comment that made me consider my perspective. And I said this, I said, hairdressing is a business, right? Business requires an exchange of some kind. In most cases, it's money for services. It's not a philanthropic exercise. It's a career and a business and a profession. And as much as we love it and we love our clients, it is a business. All professions, all businesses have key performance indicators, factors which influence the success or lack of success in the business. And regardless of what service a business offers, whether it's selling widgets or whether it's doing hair, the mechanics of a business are simple mathematical equations. Money in minus money out equals profit or loss. And the reality is because hairdressing services are so deeply personal, so important to both the client and the stylist from an emotional level, it can be really hard at times to reconcile the commercial and the creative. And as a result, the, the vast majority of salons operate at dangerously low margins or, or even at a loss, you know, and that's not to diminish the value of the care and attention we pay to our clients. It's just, it's an indication of an endemic and longstanding issue. And, you know, learning how to cut hair, color, style, serve effectively, run on time, be hospitable, be professional, manage a, col a column, stay ahead and on trend, all the product knowledge, it's a lot. And a lot of people just don't have the bandwidth to create and manage the systems required to run the business of the business. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I think uh, when we put uh, friendship first, likely first, relationship first, above uh, the business end of things, uh, it, makes, it makes it weird because people are paying us now to be their friends. And by the way, yeah. we just happen to be doing their hair and that's kind of like as a weird relationship to start that's with. Pretty weird when um, you start paying people to be your friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they're paying to be, yeah, they're paying you to be your friend and that. It just doesn't really match. Uh, and I think, you know, to do all of the things that we need to do to have a profitable business so we can future-proof ourselves and be there tomorrow, <clears throat> we need to put our prices up. And to put our prices up, we need to be properly educated, perform well, turn up and do a full consultation and deliver on what the client wants. And so they can't be one without the other. Exactly. Uh, but in fact, we need both to just, to actually uh, really exist. Well, think about uh, a great coffee shop, right? They make great coffee, they serve good food, and they have great service. If they don't have one of those three things, then it's not going to work. Great coffee without great service, I'm not going there. Great service, but shit coffee, forget about it. 
And the challenge that we have uh, in the hair industry is that, you know, to teach someone to be a great barista probably takes three weeks. Uh, in the hair industry, we've, you know, we're at three years, so we've got mm. a different business model. We actually mm. have to work a little bit harder we and we actually have to upskill more and we, and we don't factor that into our profit margin. No. Are we not building know. in our training time and all of those things into our profit margin? And then we wonder why uh, we're not profitable. Anyway, we go, we're off going down a deep dark rabbit hole, which <laughs> I adore, and we could probably do a whole podcast on that. What I want to do is I want to talk about something really interesting that's happened in the world recently because I think it's going to open the eyes of the industry to... Uh, I guess in a way to think about we're operating inside a pie, if you will, and we're not getting a piece of the pie. Amazon recently opened uh, a smart salon in London. Uh, and I know that you know more about this than I do. And I want to talk about it because I think as an industry, there's an awakening ha happening and we're in the center of it and we don't even realize. So talk to me about the Amazon smart salon well, um, you know what? and how we can get a piece of it. That's super interesting, isn't it? Because you don't build a multi-billion dollar business unless you have some smarts and unless you can see opportunities that you can capitalize on. And Bezos and his team have opened a smart salon in London. What does that mean? It's a salon where they do hair, they do services, they have hairdressers. It's Amazon. They do click to buy on retail products in salon, they're taking advantage of an opportunity to do multiple things, right? They have some smart technology, they're using augmented reality color try on, um, they're using some uh, smart technology around the customer experience. Um, and for me, if we look at, so Amazon Pro is big in the US. <clears throat> and for many years, there's been kind of this I don't know, an excuse or a hesita hesitation from hairdressers to go down the, 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 to make the effort to bridge the gap of it's uncomfortable, I don't want to do it <clears throat> and make a recommendation to their client because they've said, why should I, when they're just going to jump on their phone, even in the chair and go on Amazon and buy it. So a lot of salon professionals have said, well, you know, that you can tell them it's gray market, it might be expired stock, you don't know if it's genuine product or whatever. But with the evolution of Amazon Pro, which is about to open in Australia, by the way, um, and the Amazon Smart Salon in London, you can no longer say that it's counterfeit, gray market, whatever, because Amazon is a genuine player in the salon professional hair care market now as of opening the Smart Salon in, I think it was April in uh, or May in London. Now, my question is this, would Amazon, a multi-billion dollar, hugely successful business, get involved in a sector, professional only, hair care, if there was not an opportunity? I think not. I think there's a massive opportunity, as we've just pointed out, that only 12% as at, on average of our clients are purchasing their products from us in the salon. Now, since COVID, attitudes have changed. Consumer attitudes have changed and, and small business owners' attitudes have changed. Um, I think that 
as a small business owner, our attitudes to our business and our profitability and our willingness to market and sell to our customers has increased. As a consumer, our willingness to shop local, even if we have to pay a little bit more, even if it's slightly less convenient, our appetite is higher. We want to keep the money in the community. And um, I think that that's, that that's an opportunity that we as a salon industry have right now in Australia and New Zealand is to beat Amazon to the punch, to show them through our clients, through our wallets, through our pockets, that the salon only professional retail business belongs to us. It's for us as salon professionals. And we should, our customers are our customers and we should be selling directly to them and making the money, allowing them to support us and to support local business and keeping the ecosystem of local business alive. I think that's the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because if we miss the opportunity and the opportunity for us looks like make the professional recommendation and then ask them, close the sale, ask them if they want that today. Um, that's the opportunity that we're missing. And if we miss that opportunity, we're losing them to the supermarket or, or Amazon the Correct. likes of Amazon yeah. and so we actually get first dibs because we have the client in our chair we get first go don't we we do and if we don't if we don't if we miss that opportunity everybody suffers uh uh and so yeah can I tell you this something is the point that, of this whole conversation <laughs> I want to tell you something that I, I've become recently aware of and and uh and I kind of it was in the background of my knowledge but I didn't know it as a kind of a you know, a tangible idea. And speaking to Ronan Percival, who's the CEO of Forest Salon Software, um, he has this, uh, this kind of mantra, if you like, of a thousand loyal fans. Any, any business can be hugely successful with only a thousand loyal fans. And what we don't realize as hairdressers, as most salons have a thousand loyal customers in their database businesses already businesses pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to attract a database of customers customers who have already proven that they will buy things from you and who therefore want to buy things from you most businesses they already know you like you trust you they know you, they like you, they trust you, and they've already opened their wallets and given you money. Most businesses would die to have a thousand people that they could communicate with and share specials and share offers and opportunities and personal experiences and, you know, just keep them engaged. Most businesses would kill for that. And I think that is the blind spot for us as hairdressers. Cause I've heard hairdressers say, I don't want to market to my customers. Excuse me. What? What? Yeah. I, that, that is a real problem. Uh, we just did a whole day workshop on exactly that. Like start your marketing internally. This is where it should be born. And you're so right. People want to ignore who they already have and just go and constantly find new people. But we haven't actually uh, 
we haven't even touched the surface of our existing database. No, yeah. because there's in most businesses, there's seven out of 10 of those clients would purchase something if it were recommended to them. You know, yeah. they, they, they want to buy stuff. Let's sell it to them. Because if we don't, Amazon will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Richard, I do believe that in terms of staying local and uh, but being a giant in your local market, you actually have the perfect solution to supporting this in the chair professional recommendation opportunity like this is who you are now this is this is the big bfo that you had three years ago and this is what this is the opportunity that you offer to us as salon owners mm. so talk to me a little bit about peak um, and how it how it works but how is it going to support us as a business owner how does it support our stylists and most importantly how does it support the clients who we have already in our chair good question well you know um we set out to do something that hadn't been done before by creating a multi-dimensional experience in the chair and beyond and to to solve this pain point to take away the blind spot around retail to make it seamless and effortless for clients to get a retail recommendation and to buy it and to make it to, to do it in a way that never feels like selling. So it doesn't ever feel like the hairdresser is selling. So what we've created is a multi-dimensional experience using software. So there's, there's an app, there's a smart mirror, and there's a, an admin that sits on your desktop computer. And those three softwares work in concert to create this really simple experience. And it means that as a salon owner, that every single client gets a recommendation for an in-salon treatment and an at-home hair care regimen that they can, uh, they, they will absolutely get recommended those two things along with a rebooking without you ever having to create a system, train or micromanage your team because we've built the system, we've built the training and we do the micromanaging because we've got data-based dashboard micromanagement can you so you can see at a glance who's doing what and for salon professionals it means that you get to showcase your hidden hair superpowers you get to hit all your kpis retail recommend and rebook and you get to do that without ever having to sell or or upsell all you have to do is just connect and create be the magician that you are and our system takes care of everything and for salon clients it means that they get that, that consultation that they feel like they're not getting because our software acts as that visual interface to allow you to give them the why in a, a really easy to understand visual language that just unpacks it for them. Our algorithm processes the hair analysis and recommends a treatment, recommends retail. The client gets that retail recommendation in their own phone, in their app, where they can just click to buy. It's a like one-click experience like Amazon. They can pick it up at reception on the way out from your inventory and salon, or they can pick it up later, or they can have it delivered to them at home later, and we take care of all of the back end and just pass the profit margin on to the salon. And even if in six weeks' time or eight weeks' time or three months' time or two years' time, that client wants to buy those products again, when they go back to buy those products from that recommendation, you, the salon owner, will get the profit margin from that sale. 
Yeah, I think that's great. You know, I think the, the thing I love about it the most is that it kind of bypasses all the bullshit and palaver <laughs> that mm. we have to put up with from team members being emotional or fearful or letting their heads get in the way that we were talking about before. I had this gorgeous girl that worked for me. Um, she was very talented. Um, she, she was very talented technically, mm. did a beautiful job. But every time she broke up with her boyfriend, she would have three weeks of her KPIs would dive and they would plummet. And I was, it dawned on me one time, it's like, I need to be bigger than my team because, you know, for those next three weeks, those clients had a hideous experience because she couldn't show up for herself, let alone for, her, for the team. And I feel like something like Peak is one of those tools that allows us to be consistent as a brand and consistent delivery, despite all the rubbish that goes on for human beings, right? Exactly. So um, I love and adore this. Well, it takes, you're right. It takes the emotion out of it because, and what it, what's so nice about it is that it, it on the mirror, displays the recommended hair care and then says to the client, check the app, check your peak app so that you can purchase these products. So the hairdresser doesn't even have to say anything about products. Doesn't have to say, do you want to take those? Doesn't have to say, here's what you should be using. They just show them their hair analysis. Here's your porosity. Here's your elasticity. Oh, machine says get a treatment. We've seen massive increases in retail sales. We've seen, um, we had someone who, uh, he, as a test, I said to him, you've got to use peak on every single client for six weeks. Over a six week period, he went from 19% of his clients purchasing retail. So already he was high. He was a good retailer to an average of 49%. Wow. That's awesome. Crazy. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so let me get super clear on this. Mm. Uh, the mirror has the peak app sitting in behind it, so it appears on the screen. It note it tells the client to check her phone, and she is notified through her app. Um, and reception front of house is already aware of what's going on and what she's purchasing on her phone. So she actually makes she actually makes the purchase at the consultation in her chair while they're talking here at that moment. So doesn't, we don't wait till the end when we're taking the cape off and say, no. would you like to take some of that home today? She's making the purchase right then and there. Yeah. So she's making the purchase either right then and there while she's there, but she makes it in her phone, in her hand at any point during the service. So what happens is um, th there's three steps. We ask the client to download the peak app before they come and they do a nine point pre-consultation quiz. All the nine things that should be asked of a client about their hair habits, hair history, lifestyle, and personal style, including building mood boards, they all get asked and answered in the app before the client comes to the salon. So you immediately cut out like a 15 minute conversation. The client sits down in the chair, they scan the mirror with their app and their personal persona comes up on the mirror in front of you and then you just do your normal consultation touch their hair what do you love about your hair what are we doing today same as last time whatever little one question you need to ask but they've already been asked all the other questions so they feel seen and heard that stuff's floating on the mirror so that you can address it if you need to for example i play sport well how often do you play sport do we need to tie your hair up do you shower every time you go to the gym oh, i see that you know you want to go platinum blonde but i see that you swim in the pool how often do you swim in the pool? Do you know that's going to make your hair green? You need to use this shit to make it 
not go green. Um, and then, you know, what's happening, I said at the beginning of this conversation that the hairdresser's hands are their magic super, like superconductor. Like I can touch your hair and I can tell elasticity, porosity, density, scalp texture, uh, scalp concern, texture, density, curl, color placement, growth patterns like that. So what we do is we take the touchscreen control panel and we slide a series of sliders and an avatar on the mirror changes to show the client their porosity with a, a scaly layer opening and closing, their density, number of hairs per square inch, their texture, size of the individual hair strand, their elasticity, Should their it, strength. Are we, are we scanning the hair literally? No, we've done that with our hands. Now. So we've scanned it with our Got hands. It. Here's the thing, right? I wanted to make sure that I showed hairdressers superpowers. Hairdressers superpowers are all this learning and training. I don't want to take away the hairdressers magic power. But what I want to do is I want to show people how incredibly intelligent hairdressers are and the depth of biochemical knowledge they have that they're not able to easily articulate with words. Okay, but there's an example on the screen of showing, said, yeah, got it, got it. So there's I a visual this. picture on the mirror. So the hairdresser slides a slider from, let's say it's elasticity, oh, yeah, I see. from got strong it. to weak. The, 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 the hairdresser takes the touchscreen control panel and slides a porosity slider from extremely porous to not porous at all. And on the mirror live, a visual image changes in front of the, the, the client's eyes to articulate exactly what the hairdresser's brain is thinking. Now, here's the thing. Most hairdressers look at that and go, duh, everyone knows that. Well, they don't. They fucking don't, <laughs> excuse my French. <laughs> And most clients look at that and just go, oh, what? Yeah. Wow. But the best part is <clears throat> we have a magic algorithm that takes that knowledge, processes it, and makes a recommendation for either a moisture treatment, a protein treatment, or a scalp treatment at the basin. And then nice. it recommends a shampoo, a conditioner, and a treatment. And those are in the client, they're displayed on the mirror in front of the client and the client will find them in their app and they just click to buy, either pick up from reception or deliver home. If they click pick up from reception, the reception computer gets a pop-up notification that says, Larissa's just ordered these three products. So when you go to leave, the products are sitting there waiting for you because you've already asked to pick them up and the hairdresser has never had to sell a thing. I love it. Um, amazing. What I love about that also too for the business owner is that you're future-proofing team change. It's inevitable team will change. Uh, and despite the change, the client's experience remains the same. And when somebody new comes, you know, there's not that bump in the road when you pass one a client from one stylist to another. Yeah. So I think this really is future-proofing um, the consistency of our brand, which is which is what what builds a brand is consistent. Hundred um, percent. And look, it is a different way of doing things, right? It's actually faster. Mm. Like it saves people that. time. It's super super fast, but it's different, right? And so it requires effort. It's very very simple, but it's not always easy to change. So when people implement Peak, it requires a 
time of like, it's like going to the gym, right? Like if you go to the gym, if you buy a gym membership and you put the gym membership barcode on your key tag, but you sit on the couch eating pies, you're just going to get a fat bum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just buying the membership is not going to do it for you. You've got to turn up and go. But here's the thing about going to the gym and the same as using Peak. You just have to turn up. You just have to walk through the doors. Yeah. And that's be prepared. it. Be prepared to follow through on the lumpy bit while you're changing systems and processes all change will be a little bit lumpy for a while mm. until you find your rhythm and your flow and then exactly. you're away i'm so excited about this i can't wait to go and find a salon that i can go to just to have that experience mm -hmm. um i'm really really chuffed that you had that bfo that moment richard uh and that you decided to commit your future to changing the industry um i think it's super powerful uh, I'm going to put the link and all the details to find you, stalk you, and find out more about this on the show notes of this podcast. Um, as a business owner, what is a, a quote or a mantra that kind of keeps you going? Starting starting businesses, especially new ones, let alone running them, uh, are super stressful. So what is a mantra or a quote that you can share with us? <laughs> I'm going to share two. I'm going to share one that's okay. mine, and this yep. comes from Backstage at Fashion Week. Look, Nobody's trying to choke me unconscious or kick me across the face with their shin. So it's not that bad. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but look, in all seriousness, um, I've got a quote for you and I want to read it. It's uh, from Judy Garland, who's a hairdresser's icon. Always be a first rate version of yourself and not a second rate version of someone else. Yeah, nice. I love that. Very, very good. Uh, all right. What is a, a, a book, a podcast, a resource, or something that you've got your hands on recently that all salon owners must uh, get, listen to? What can you share with us? Well, other than the Salon Owners Collective podcast, <laughs> I like this as a resource. And now is it coming to focus for you? It's yes. the five-minute journal. I was gifted this um, about a year ago. And... <clears throat> It's a gratitude journal that literally takes uh, about two minutes in the morning. I wake up in the morning. It's got a little system and process. You just write down a few bits of gratitude and, a, uh, and an affirmation. And then at the end of the day, you go back and you write down the things that you did well and one thing that you would want to do differently. And it's an incredible, very concise accountability and, I don't know, human optimization exercise. I love it. And so you've been doing this a year now, Richard? I have, yep. Amazing. And I feel more grateful than I did before. Good. I love that. I think it certainly is the way to become a little bit more uh, self-aware and clear about what you continue to do. You know, it's, it's simple. Continue to do the things that work. Stop doing the things that don't. Uh, appreciate what you have before you before you have them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay. And as a leader, you've got to work on yourself first, right? Like as a leader, Agree. you have to lead yourself first so you can lead by example so that you have enough bandwidth, enough emotional uh, depth and space to be able to give to your team what they need so that they can thrive. And if your team thrives, then you thrive. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Uh, I appreciate the time that you've given us, uh, Richard. I love see this 
seeing this come together and hit the market, whatever I can do to help to get this in front of more people, um, I would love to see it uh, in your salon. Amazing. <laughs> so re reach out to Richard. Richard, where can we find you, stalk you? Uh, give us your dub dubs and your social. So uh, at peakdigital.com, at P, uh, sorry, www.piq, D-I-G-I-T-A-L, peakdigital.com. Um, you can get me, you can reach out to me via email on the contact form there. You can get me on Instagram at Richard Kavanagh. Mostly that's my hair work and Facebook, Richard Kavanagh. Amazing. All right. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today, Richard. Appreciate it. Thanks, Larissa. Thanks for having me. Richard, thank you so much for joining me today. It really was definitely one of my favorite episodes. I absolutely, absolutely adored everything that Richard had to say, but especially loved our chat about realizing and utilizing the opportunity that we have in front of us when a client is in our chair. We quite literally have the best opportunities possible in front of us when it comes to selling uh, a client retail products as Richard says we have first dibs so why wait show them why they need your products I don't know about you but I feel super inspired right now so what was your biggest takeaway about this episode come and let me know I would love to know in the profitable and successful salon owners Facebook group I'm going to leave the link to come and join me in the show notes of this episode I will see you in there otherwise same time same place on the podcast ciao for now Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.